patriarchal nature of indian society has led to very different expectations from both boys and girls while in one hand almost every woman in this country has been abused sexually in one way or other at least once in their lifetimes boys are expected to be men hence not to cry or complain when abused many instances of corporal punishments are meted out to boys till they learn not to cry and the abuser saying that he has taught the boy to be a man although the patriarchy in india is heterogeneous classified as brahmanical dalit and tribal patriarchies they cut across family religion caste to control women's production reproduction and sexuality but we are dismayed to inform you that almost 18 to 50% of children experience sexual abuse under the age of 18 years few significant findings about child sexual abuse and negligence from the study on child sexual abuse in india one to start the youngest children that is from age 5 to 12 reported the highest level of abuse two there was no difference in incidence of physical abuse in boys compared to girls three persons who committed sexual abuse were frequently trusted individuals four 70% victims of child sexual abuse in the study never disclosed their abuse five nearly half to be precise 52.3% of the sample experienced csa that is child sexual abuse in some form of the other 20% of the children experienced what can be termed as severe child sexual abuse on today's episode we have harish ayer who is an equal rights and sexual abuse child sexual abuse activist columnist and author and many more to talk about sex child sexual abuse and its extent and effect on our society hello arish and thank you for joining us on another episode of when life happens podcast welcome my pleasure my pleasure so you know without much delay i would like to start today's discussion so yes first of all i want to ask you that how bad is the situation in india regarding child sexual abuse well uh i would say that it's it's worse than what covid could ever be or any other epidemic could be uh child sexual abuse has has achieved epidemic proportions in in india and across the world um one in two children face some sort of sexual assault sexual abuse which simply means that every second child that you're meeting is uh someone who has gone through some sort of um you know some sort of sexual assault or sexual abuse um uh, not all of it is physical some of it is verbal some of it is uh, physical um some of it is visual that is where the child has been flashed or something of that kind um it's way 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 too common it's it's shocking to even hear about something like this 
Yeah. I was saying that as a woman, you know, I feel that every woman in this country has faced some sort of, you know, harassment or sexual abuse in one form or another. But it's shocking to think that a child of, you know, 10 years, 15 years, or even lesser than that has faced the same thing. It's shocking. True. Yeah, to quote on that, you people will be surprised and whatever data we are quoting here are from government websites. There will be a link in the description. Everybody who's listening to this can check it out. So for this year, there was a, a press release from Press Information Bureau uh, by the Ministry of Women and Child Development. And as per NCRB, uh, in this year, from 1st of March to 13th of September 2020, I'm talking about, there has been 13,244 cases of pornography, rape, gang rape of children. This is this year's a very short period of data. To give more light on this, there was a report uh, of crimes in India by National Crime Records Bureau that said there were total of just listen to this 1,48,185 crimes against children and 35% of these crimes were under POSCO Act that is Protection of Child Sexual Offenses Act so yeah that's the reality true and I think that this is a very conservative number I think this is the number of people who got, who reported. There are most of these cases don't even get reported. So uh, if you're alarmed by this number, I'd say that the number is much more than this for sure, because most of it doesn't get reported. I mean, I, I read one article, Harish, that mm -hmm. a boy of nine was assaulted, abused uh, mm -hmm. by seniors in a school. And the victim's mm -hmm. father said this, and I quote, that he's a boy. He will neither lose a hymen nor will he get pregnant. He should behave mm. like a man and not a sissy. Mm. And I was shocked that you know, somebody could say that about their own child. Well, I am a survivor of uh, male child sexual yeah. abuse. And when my father got to know, his reaction was not very different. His... Uh, reaction of course he didn't say he didn't speak about hymen or anything of that kind but he definitely uh, his reaction was also um, if you're quiet for so many years were you were you enjoying it why didn't you fight back you know so that's um, that goes to say that it doesn't really mean that uh, this happens um, you know this kind of mindset percolates um, only in a kind of people it could be well in uh, men with this mindset could be well in my family, your family, all our families as well. Just that we find it difficult to accept. Of course, my father has um, since then, uh, you know, over time, he's, he's now very compassionate. In fact, he speaks very openly about, uh, about these issues now, uh, at least in his circle. But, uh, but, but yes, uh, what he did at that time was wrong and uh, uh, the truth is that such people uh, with, with this particular mindset exist everywhere. They could exist in your family and my family too. And in every listener's family too. True. So, uh, next question to you would be, 
how can we create awareness among people about child sexual abuse as it is a very serious issue but people don't often often talk about it well uh, you can't create awareness about child sexual abuse if you don't don't normalize conversations about sex um one of the most uh, uh challenging things that children find the reason why they aren't able to communicate and tell people that they are uh that, that somebody is misbehaving with them is uh, is because they don't have the language we we know all the swear words when it comes to uh, the penis or the vagina but we still feel ashamed to use the words penis or vagina what is so wrong or what is so sacred in calling a penis a penis when you can call an eye an eye then you can call a nose a nose why can't you call a penis a penis why can't you call a vagina a vagina why can't you call a clitoris a clitoris why can't you call an anus an anus so i think it's incredibly important that we give the right words to uh, our body parts that's when so people often ask me when do you educate the child about uh, about sex i'd say that when the child starts pointing at at their body parts and starts asking what is this called don't give fancy names to it don't call it dindin and chuchi and chucha um all kinds of cute names uh baburao and what else and what not you give funny names to uh to to your uh, to your um, you know sexual organs and you um you instead of instead of giving it um, uh giving it those names just just call a penis a penis just call a vagina a vagina also ensure that um, that uh, that children receive education irrespective of this of this sex sexuality or gender um, all children deserve education and no child can protect themselves um, irrespective of what the child's gender or uh, sex is that child would not be able to protect themselves because what is vulnerable that what makes the child vulnerable is the child's age not the child's gender um, that's something that people need to understand uh that uh, and that's how you need to nip patriarchy in the bud because until and unless you nip patriarchy in the bud and uh, you allow children of all genders of all sexes to come out and speak about um their uh, their vulnerabilities then they have the potential of converting those vulnerabilities into strength um so unless and until you allow children to be uh, expressive about uh, their vulnerabilities they will not be able to convert it to strength as you yourself are a survivor of this what the child is going through when the abuse is a part or is going in his or her life what is the mental state like well uh, there is no one size fits all there are different children who feel differently um but um, generally if you go to say um children usually uh, there are a lot of children who feel dissociation from from the pain uh in the sense that uh, many children um uh, what really happens is they suddenly would um many of them get tremors and they get uh, uh, uh this thing and they kind of dissociate themselves from the pain in the sense uh they might not remember things in proper sequence uh they might forget things and they and um and uh, over a period of time in in 
by way of nightmares and other things, you would have those memories coming up um, for the child. Um, so, so that's one thing that happens. Sometimes if the child uh, has been, you know, has been groomed, and what I mean by groomed is the child has been treated with chocolates and everything uh, by somebody um, in a trick to sexually abuse the child, then uh, there are uh, chances that uh, that the child might show fondness uh, to to a particular person, behave in a particular way, um, you know, uh, you know, want want to go and meet a particular person all the time. That isn't that doesn't mean you have to become suspicious of everybody. Uh, but yeah, you just need to be vigilant of what your child wants and what your child is speaking. Uh, so that's another thing. Sometimes very hyperactive children would become extremely resigned and quiet. Extremely quiet children would become extremely hyperactive. Look for anger signs. Uh, do children show uh, show uh, signs of anger and frustration? Do they show sexual behavior at a very young age uh, in terms of uh, fidgeting with their body parts? Uh, not Not playfully, just because they're exploring, but but do you do you see that happening a little more than expected? So I think I think all these are signs to watch. Basically, what signs uh, of changes in behavior uh, for on every child, whether it's child sex abuse or anything, look for changes in behavior and investigate every change that the child shows. Exactly, like I I read about it that. You know, children go through PTSD and anxiety and a lot of psychological trauma trauma at True. such a young age. And it's scary to even think about it. That, you know, kids not less than half our ages are going through something like this. So, Harish, I want to ask you that how did you deal with it in your life and how did you get over it? Uh, well, uh, for me, it was, um, it, it, took me, it took me quite some time. I was sexually abused from the age of seven till the, I was sexually abused from the age of seven till the age of 18. Um, so it took me a lot of time, a lot of self-awareness, uh, understanding. Um, but all of it started with uh, the acceptance of my dog. I used to speak to my dog regularly. I used to put my head between his paws and I used to start crying. And every time I cried, he used to lick my tears. And that gave me a lot of strength. I think if it was not for my dog, I wouldn't have been alive today. Uh, or I wouldn't have been speaking today even if I was alive. Um, so, so yeah, so I think we... Um, when we are going through some sort of abuse, uh, I think what we need definitely is uh, is a listener, somebody who can listen to us. And uh, for me, the listener was my dog, and that that made a lot of difference. You know, dogs dogs are gifts from heaven. I I believe that. Like true. You know, it's I believe yeah, that I mean, too. Yeah, it it said that when you you know it is usually taken as an abuse if somebody calls you a dog, but I take it as a praise. Because dogs mm. are the best creation. So, true. Yeah, that's so true. Also, uh, I'd like to add here 
that there is a false perception in the society that children are safe inside the house so uh, let's presume the situation as the average indian parent child relation in which the parent want the child to score 95% at least so all the indian states and union territories it's so sad to say this but have performed very well in that terms like the national average is 94.2% like the known people who are doing abuse only seven states are below 95% some scored 100% also two uts and the national capital is at 96.3% so what would you like to say like in this depressing scene where the family essentially is the cause of the abuse and the abusers are coming from that side how can a child be protected in that scene well uh, i think i think that's the reality mostly children are sexually assaulted by people uh, who are known to them um mostly it's family members and forget uncles uh, um uncles are, the, are are one of the most common but more than uncles there are also um examples of um, fathers and aunts and uh, women sexual assaulters um it's way, it's way it's more common than what we think and that's why uh it's it's important that we have a multi-pronged approach uh it's important that we don't only rely on education we don't we don't pass the buck and say ki uh sex education has to be you know sex sexuality or safety education has to be taught in schools not at home it has to be taught in schools it has to be taught at home it has to be taught uh by civic bodies through advertisements and other things so there has to be a multi-pronged approach because if the child is going through something at home then possibly the school should be an enabling environment where the child can go and tell in school if the child is experiencing something in school he could come and tell his parents if he is experiencing in both the places uh, he or she or they are experiencing in both the places uh, they can uh, you know ensure that they go to a civic body and they speak over there so i think what's needed is uh, is a multi-pronged approach uh, to awareness yeah very true uh, so what are your views on the stigma around child sexual abuse that exists in our society and what should be our approach towards this what should we do uh, as a society to make the scene better um one thing um uh, we need to definitely do uh, is uh, create more awareness we probably at, at no point in our life we reach a day when there will be no child will be sexually abused okay that is the truth we might sound it might sound very harsh but the truth is still there is human till there are human beings existing in this planet the depravity of the human mind will also exist all that we can do is we can control the number of cases and we can ensure that children who uh, who have faced uh, any kind of sexual assault don't succumb to it rather are able to able to gain their self confidence and go back and reclaim their life so i think i think that is what is needed so what we need is uh, education education and education a multi pronged education uh, at first so they they would never and with which you can if if there's somebody who has been sexually abused also 
that person would be able to uh, ensure that their life, um, that the positivity in their life doesn't go uh, go for a toss, uh, that they don't start thinking that they're damaged goods, uh, they don't start feeling that uh, that that's the end of their life. Um, so if there's if their survivors already, so that so that we can protect them after the abuse. If the abuse has not happened, um, uh, we can at least uh, let let children know what they're supposed to do if they are in a precarious situation, if they are in a challenging situation, what they're supposed to do. Um, so, so that's something. And educating parents about what they can do uh, to ensure parents and teachers or on what what they can do to ensure that children don't get sexually assaulted. So I think I think it's a, a, a you know not just not just prevention, uh, not just prevention and precaution, but also uh, also remedy uh, is is what we need to uh, we need to impart together so that uh, at no point do we imagine that uh, children children start imagining that just because something has happened to them that is something that defines them completely. What they make out of it might define them, but that incident will not define them. So that's something that we need to bring in place. And also, uh, the onus doesn't come just on children. The onus also comes on perpetrators. It's important uh, that we identify uh, perpetrators, identify uh, behaviors uh, that could lead to uh, uh, lead to people becoming uh, Sexual offenders, and we uh, and we nip it in the bud. If they're pedophiles, we ensure that if they're non non offending pedophiles, we ensure that they are uh, they're tested. Uh, we ensure that we create a safe place where they can go if they're non offending. If they're not offended, that they that they go, they get tested, uh, and uh, and we give them enough support so that they don't go and uh, go and sexually assault any child. I think I think. I think a whole scientific approach is needed to the whole thing, not just uh, not just uh, you know the idea that hanging all uh, all sexual offenders is going to bring us in some kind of some kind of justice. It is not. Talking about you know how a child can get over it, get over the trauma it has gone through. What do you think should you know be done like? Psych psychologically therapy or something. What what is your take on it? Like, how can a, a child who well, has gone through abuse for years and years can even start to get over that situation? First of all, the bad news is that you can't get over. You can't get over something that has happened to you. What you can do is is live a life where that doesn't affect you adversely. That is something that you can do. First of all, the, the, to address any issue, you need to own the issue, you need to undress the issue. So that's precisely what children should be doing. Telling a child that, you know what, tomorrow don't think about it uh, and everything will be all right, is not possible because every time you tell somebody to not think about something, that person is going to think about it. It's like, it's like if I have to tell your listeners right now that, you know, there is this woman in black outfit is walking with a man who's wearing dark goggles and 
these two people were extremely suspicious are walking towards you to strangulate you and i pause for a moment and i tell you now don't think about don't it don't think about it you've already started thinking about it so it is impossible to not think about something you you can tell people to think about something you can't tell people to not think about something because every time you tell them to not think about it they will think about it so the only way that you can move ahead of any kind of trauma is to understand the trauma what you're going through acknowledge the trauma that you're going through don't run away from it but also find a way that you can that you can find a soft corner within within your body within your mind to rest to put that trauma to rest you know it's like like i'll tell you how i cope with it whenever it's not that i don't that i'm completely cured and uh, today i don't get uh, tremors or if i don't get uh, uh, it is reduced to a maximum extent but it's not that i don't get affected even at the age of 41 um so when i remember these things i do the small exercise of imagining that i'm actually uh, experiencing something um and then i imagine that i've uh, walked walked into a library which is which has many books one of the books over there is the book of my past about my abuse so i imagine that i'm reading the book uh, the book is very pictorial i visualize all the things i feel the pain i close the book i keep the book back in the uh, in the rack and uh, and then i come back to my real life so so yes that going back to that space uh, going back to the library of my dream uh, does evoke uh, negative feelings but uh, just as uh, the law of energy goes energy can neither be created nor destroyed it can only be transformed from one form to another so when i have the negative energy surging within me i also have the potent potential to convert that negative energy to something positive so i suddenly get energy to do something positive and i and i'm able to dispense it into something positive so all that i'm trying to say is children need to understand uh, people need to understand that just by telling a child to forget something that has happened to them the child will not forget that thing the only thing that you can tell a child to do is accept that this has happened to you and um, uh while uh, you cannot move away from it but you can move with it by putting it to rest by ensuring that it's resting at some part of your body in some part of your mind just allow it to rest and move forward that's what you can do thank you harish i mean this this thing you just told us might help so many people this just how you coped it with, with it and i just want to ask you one thing that the patriarchal nature of our society i believe that has led to many sexual abuse of children and there is a concept that boy, boys aren't abused or like boys are expected to be men and hence not cry or complain when abused so how do you think we can educate people that you know, girls and boys are being abused equally or boys even more in our society and how much do you think that the patriarchal nature of our society is answerable for it i think i think india suffers from a padoska pinto syndrome hame hamesha lagta hai that what whatever is happening is not happening in my house it's happening with pinto 
in our neighborhood you know so i think uh, the the truth be truth be told this is child sexual child sexual abuse is the truth of every house it's uh, it affects everybody the rich the poor the middle class uh, brahmins dalits it it affects everybody uh, at the same time uh, it's also important to uh, acknowledge that um, that uh, uh why we speak about the fact that uh, this also affects people of all genders and all sexualities and all sexes we do not forget that this that this shouldn't become uh, a he was a her her he was a she kind of a battle um the the truth is that um women women get subjugated in the society uh women uh, and uh, non non male genders get affected uh disproportionately uh, that uh, trans people get affected that uh, dalit people uh, muslims uh, get affected quite a lot in our in our in our discussion and when uh, when there are intersections of two or three minorities it the the effect is even more but why we are saying that while we are acknowledging that it's also important to acknowledge that this presumes uh Uh, since we presume that uh, males do not uh, males are the are only the abusers and they are not the ones who get abused it also makes them vulnerable because people don't even think that male children could get sexually abused which makes them vulnerable because uh, uh even if a male child goes and tells somebody people would not believe because they don't even think that there's a possibility that a male child could get sexually abused so that's where it yeah. puts the whole thing in a tricky situation uh, but yes male children get sexually abused and the only way that we can create more awareness is by more and more stories coming out and speaking previously when i spoke up 22 23 years before i was the only male survivor i knew i know how much i was longing to to meet another male survivor uh, who's as out and has has outspoken as uh so now um uh, i tried to be that male survivor for other people uh but um uh, now shukr khuda ka ki aaj hamare paas bahut sare uh, we have a lot of courageous male survivors who have come out and they've started speaking out and that uh, uh will give impetus to the whole movement of understanding because we don't understand things unless and until we see a person standing as an example good or bad about uh, about that we want somebody to uh, to get first class to to understand that you know what first class is possible But similarly we want somebody who has undergone child sex abuse uh, to come out and say that you know what this has happened to me to un- so, so that people believe that this is possible. so uh, so yeah so now there are many examples that are out and um, i'm sure that the other warriors including me would always stand up uh, and share our stories if uh, what are we is without uh, without the stories that we have buried in our hearts you know so i think um, i think the stories is all we have to empower ourselves and others and uh, and that's precisely what we uh, what we will be doing all male survivors will be doing you know harish you reminded me like the concept that boys from a very young age are expected to be man 
you know, or not cry or those things we hear you reminded me of a poem i had written a few years uh-huh. ago so i want to just read out four lines few lines of it that it starts from the point of view of a tiny boy that they say okay. you're a big boy now they say as the four etched on the blue cake spoke louder i didn't like mm-hmm. the color you know blue the color of the tender rose in my garden attracted me much more than the color of the sky i remember that tiny rose getting crushed down by my neighbor's ball as a pathetic drop of tear rolled down my cheek i heard a booming voice real men don't cry i wiped off my tears with the loose end of my t-shirt and manned up i manned up as much as i could at the age of 4 you know these were just four lines of my a poem i wrote and you really reminded me of that and thank you for that i i like to ask you one question uh what are your views on existing laws on child sexual abuse harish and what do you think like are the less number of fast track special courts a reason for people not reporting it much or it's just that the fear or stigma around this is a cause or the judicial system also plays a role because in general the judicial system is very slow and in this case it's a very sensitive matter so if we don't have that fast track court it will be very painful for people to continue and go well, you don't even trauma uh, you just don't need fast track courts you need uh, you need child friendly courts you know the poxo has a lot of uh, protection of children from sexual offenses act uh, has uh, a lot of uh, guidelines i i don't see those guidelines being followed to the t um and i don't blame the police completely also because the police is overstaffed they need to have child friendly magistrates child friendly courts they need to have um child friendly police stations child friendly police officers you know you can't be dealing with a murder case a rape case and then coming and dealing with a child sex abuse case because it's it's going to be um, you know uh it's going to be difficult for even a police officer to just keep switching their buttons from morning till night between different cases so i think uh, we need a more uh, uh you know we need a overhaul when it comes to these things uh, from a justice point of view as far as the law is concerned i think poxo is quite a strong law the the thing lies in the implementation of course i'll remove the if i was given a chance i would ask for the removal of the mandatory reporting clause because at present uh, poxo has a mandatory reporting clause which basically means that if you're going to uh, if you get to know about a case of child sexual abuse you have to report it and if you don't report it then you go behind bars what really this does is because in all cases it's not possible to report what if the abuser is a primary caregiver of the family you know or the breadwinner of the family what really happens then it's now very easy to bagavat mein aake bolna ki yaar jail mein to dal do sabko karke but it's not always possible so there needs to be a more pragmatic approach to the whole to the whole issue so you can't have you can't penalize people तुमने रिपोर्ट नहीं किया तो इसलिए तुम जाओ करके बट यू कैन क्वेश्चन पीपल व्हाई डिंट यू रिपोर्ट काइंड ऑफ पीपल सो देयर हैज टू बी सम काइंड ऑफ अ प्रोविजन दैट इज देयर 
which uh, mm-hmm. makes it different. But otherwise, Foxo is quite a strong law. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so True. much, Harish, for your time. Uh, we love talking to you. Thank, thank you. you. My I... pleasure. It, it it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So the iceberg phenomena of child abuse, where we merely see the tip, and in cases of male children, it is even more hidden, and perhaps we do not even see the tip. Many cases of female child sexual abuse are accidentally discovered due to pregnancy, and familiar abuse is stopped by marriage. But the disclosure rate among boys seems to be lower. an accidental disclosure becomes more of a rarity leading to years of abuse so in our humble opinion we would like to suggest some methods that might help in lowering the numbers and the cases of child sexual abuse first moral and sex education should be made compulsory in schools and colleges second sexual predators should be treated using psychological and medical techniques third separate courts should be constituted specially for child sexual abuse fourth awareness of sexual abuse should be created through various mediums among children via workshops and other creative works fifth parents school or college officials should be trained to learn and understand signs and symptoms of sexual abuse for identification and help purposes